Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This is Merritt Larwood. Hello, my name's Merritt Larwood. Wish to two guys sitting in the room. That's to two guys sitting in the room talking about some films. Yeah, we're going to talk about films for approximately uh, half an hour, shall we say? Who knows? Who knows? Let's just see what happens. Um, uh, we have seen films at the... Well, cinema. Cinema, cinema, cinema. It's been a bit slim pickings, hasn't it? I went to see a film which was released on iTunes at the same time as the cinema. So I just sat simultaneous releasing. Is this Joe? Because it was released on Blinkbox as well at the same time. Yeah, I watched it on iTunes um, for where it's priced at five pounds or six pounds ninety nine. That seems quite a lot to watch it on your home screen. But the seats were great. Oh yeah, Um, what was the food like? Toilets were quite clean. (laughs) What were the screaming kids like though? They're right. There's some guy on his phone at some point. (laughs) He really annoyed me until I realised it was me. Uh, I had a thing in the cinema last week where uh, the people directly behind me were chatting all through the trailers. And even though that's sort of okay, it made me really on edge that they were going to talk during the exactly. movie as you well. Can't, you can't... They, they just go... We're just trailer chatters. Yeah. You can't enjoy the trailers you find yourself getting annoyed. But I, I'm annoyed in advance that they might chat through the film and I might have to ask them to shut up and that'll start a fight and someone will die. Uh, and I've got my head is going through all of this sort of nonsense whilst I'm just getting tenser and tenser. Yeah. It's not cool. When I went to watch... I can't remember what film it was recently... When uh, if that starts on holidays, what did I go and see a few weeks ago? I can't even remember. And there were kids there shouting, talking way through. Someone told to shut up. I was gonna, I was tempting, I've tempted to go and shine the torch on my phone in their face, <laughs> really sinisterly, the kids, and just say shut. So they couldn't so be really. So you're right. I think kids would talk back if you said anything to them, but just freaking them out. <laughs> something they'd and, never seen would just shut them up. And then afterwards, um, I was outside, to the Muswell Hill Odeon, and there were some kids, and they were only about like twelve years old. And one, see, I'm in this prank show that has been on. It's not. It's over now. My career's over. Um, <laughs> called Impractical Jokers, and he recognised me, and he came and had his photo taken. I said, "Which was the one that was noisy?" And the one that was noisy came over. <laughs> said, "Can I have my fo- a photo?" I went, "No." And Did I you tell him why? I said, "No, you're uh, too noisy in the film. You're really annoying." And walked off. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some justice. There is some justice. Anyway, I saw Joe. Um, so I tell you what happens in it. Yeah, what is Joe? Well, it's like an independent sort of film. I think it's independent. Uh, with a budget of four million. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays this guy, sort of, he, who's uh, in this weird small town where he runs a 
company where they poison trees so the the uh, logging company can say they're ill when they cut them down. So anyway, it's a minor sort of role. It's like a real back sort of hick, backville hick town where it, he gets in trouble with the law and everyone knows each other and he goes and visits the brothel and he's got a dog that goes and, uh, uh, you know, scares off the neighbours and... Um, he's a wrong un, Well, no, he's not. He's actually got... That's normal. He's right. a good un in a wrong un town. Okay. And meanwhile, there's this boy, uh, 15-year-old boy, whose dad's an alcoholic who beats him up and takes his money, and his mum's just sort of a drunk who lives in a shack somewhere, and he gets a job with Nicolas Cage. Which one of them's called Joe? Uh, Joe is uh, Nicolas Cage's right. character. Uh, the young kid who is uh, called Gary, I mean, he's played by Ty Sheridan, who is a very uh, promising young actor who is was in a great performance um, it's just a more of a character led piece really it's just about a sort of friendship it feels a bit all over the place like they've just shot Nicolas Cage just doing some really good acting and some scenes it feels like as though it's a fly on the wall documentary about a life rather than a coherent story mm. and uh, there's another guy in the village who Nicholas Cage had a fight with and their reaction when they have fights is to try and shoot each other or be really violent it's a really violent backward town which has different laws where if you get into a fight with a policeman it doesn't mean you necessarily get arrested because that's the way people do things back there yeah, yeah. and Nicholas Cage has got a drink problem everyone seems to have a drink problem there um, so it's sort of a grim it feels like Winter's Bone in place have you seen Winter's Bone? I haven't Feels like a more summary a version like prisoners, of Prisoners, almost. Not it's more backward than Prisoners. Okay, it's a real sort of uh, sort of trailer trashy type town. Did you ever see? Um, oh God, what was it called? It was called um, Outback, but it also had another name. But that Donald Pleasant's Australian uh, film. The one we watched together. Yeah. With the kangaroo hunting scene. Yeah, a walk, bit in, like walk that. in fright. Walk in fright. Wake in fright. Wake in fright, yeah, wake in fright. Yeah, yes, similar thing to that. Uh, maybe not. I think it's the colour palette of Wake in fright, which is like this um, classic sort of 60s or 70s Australian sort of outback drama, yeah, yeah. was so orange you can't yeah. mistake for anything else. Yeah. It does feel a bit like that. But in places. terms of the town, the sort of setting, that, yeah, that sort everyone of getting drunk. inescapable kind of thing. Yes, it does feel a bit inescapable and. Uh, Grim and uh, there's no real hope, and it operates in a different value system to normal towns. It's so ingrained in there. I like films like that because that that stuff does still genuinely scare me. Mm. You know, I think it's it's unreasonable people are actually one of the scariest things you can put in a film. Far scarier than a big old monster or something. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's not totally unreasonable. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you've been worried about Nicolas Cage, which he has made a succession of weird and weirder films in which he looks weirder, his haircuts have got weirder. And, it's and his, been, his haircut's been weird for 30 years, so this it's is, really... This is odd, because he seems to return back to normal. Oh. It's Nicolas Cage doing, leaving Las Vegas, sort of acting. You know, he, he's, when he's great, he's brilliant. Yeah. And this reminds you, and everyone says this is like his return to form, which it is, it's just him being a brilliant actor looking normal for a start which makes you wonder why he had all those weird haircuts <laughs> before and just stealing the scene and not having to I mean he, he's at his best when he stops like, doing the weird stuff yeah when he tones it down you realise actually you're just as you're as good as anyone out there at 
doing in those sort of you know those lost eyes and yeah things. well when when sort of people who are comfortable being crazy do normal there is something engaging about their face nonetheless like when robin williams did it you know in good morning vietnam or in uh, one hour photo or insomnia he plays a really good straight creepy man because there's so much mania going on inside i guess um that's interesting well nicholas cage seems to do any film going at the moment because he's in crippling debt but yeah uh, well i think this is sort of put back as a it shows how great he is and we might get an award for this as one of those sort of trendy cool films in terms of the plot itself it doesn't really seem to be a cohere really structure there's no sort of real twists and turns it's just a friendship and then a, a nicholas rommel becoming a, a role model in a boy's life which has become which is going wrong um nothing really happens it's more of a great scenes and great acting okay I didn't especially enjoy it I didn't find it really held my interest but for a low budget film which is for four million to get Nicolas Cage it didn't feel like it was watching which four million is a really low budget film in yeah. these days oh, it was really impressive um, would I watch it again probably not six Marics. okay but it is above it's a good slice of uh, a slice of a life. Okay. A slice of a bleak life that we are all steadily heading towards. I still, I do like this um, uh, thing, simultaneous releasing thing for lower budget films. I think it's it's probably really good because they're never going to compete with the likes of Guardians of the Galaxy or any of these things that have huge publicity budgets. I think it makes so, sense. It really makes sense. Yeah, so they can, you know, all of their hype can be done in one go with a small budget and then people can see it however they like. I really like it. I wonder if the um, distributors, they must take a cut of their online sales as well then because they're pushing it. Mm. Because they're pushing it at the cinema, there must be some joint distribution thing because... Well, they'll they'll be push they'll be uh, making deals and things with Blinkbox and iTunes and stuff to have banners and place it prominently in their menus and stuff as well. So I'm sure, yes, they are. I read an article yeah. saying how a lot of the big film distributors can be put off by you making deals before you go to them. Mm. So you've got to do nothing with your film and almost have it untouched or no links or no business deals. But that's so hard to do to get your budget in yeah. the first place. I mean, yeah, my experience, I haven't worked in films enough to know, to, you know, have first-hand experience, but certainly in television and kids' TV even more so, that to get the budget, you need you need the deals in terms of the toys and the colouring books and everything already in place before it's even been written, you know. If anyone's got any articles on distribution and how it works, I'm, I am fascinated. Please um, email them in, which you can do via... Uh, the email which is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or if you want to talk to each other shout at each other about uh, what film is the best um, then you can do so on our Facebook wall which is forward slash filmfandango or you can tweet us with your uh, short thoughts uh, at filmfandango or personally at Mr David Reed or at Marek Larwood super duper and also um, we do this podcast for free so um, any donations are really really gratefully accepted thank you to everyone who's donated so far uh, you can go to filmfandango.co.uk and just donate there and it really helps pay for the podcast and all the other bits and bobs or you can buy a t-shirt Red Bubble Film Fandango Red Bubble stick Film Fandango into Red Bubble and uh, you can buy t-shirts and hoodies and tote bags and pillows and whatever we you get, get a, duvet covers now you can get duvet covers that's weird isn't it 
Um, hopefully we'll be putting some new designs on there soon for people who don't want the garish logo on there. But um, yes, we get a tiny, tiny percentage of those, but every little helps. So, um, so we're going to talk about a whole selection of films we've seen in general, aren't we? Yes, yes, because uh, the cinema's been a bit... Well, should I talk about the in-betweeners too? Oh, yes, go on then. Uh, then Did you see the, the first one? Yes. I, I didn't, because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the show itself. But, okay. Um, uh, how was the first one before you first talk about the good. sequel? first one was good. I enjoyed the first one. I mean, I'm in a situation where I, I, I was in the second film my bit got cut out. Oh. <laughs> so I had like, a couple of lines and they redid the ending. I think I'm going to say that. You're, now, you're the big dark lighter of the in-between. That films. would have been my second film thing. So I went to a screen of it. And, it is, and I think... Um, uh, well done to uh, Ian Morrison Day and Beasley the writers uh, is properly funny great it's a really laugh out loud f- funny uh, film if you don't know it's, there's been a TV series which has done about four series three series over here it's probably the biggest thing in the recent years yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of like a uh, funny grain chill about four kids going through school who must all group. be about in their early 30s now I think late 20s you think but they're um what is really interesting at the, the, in between the two, they, they've established the, ca- the characters are so established so well early on from a script writing perspective. Yes. You go here are your you've got the it's, clev- a, it's American in its actual yeah, thoroughness. You've got the clever guy, characters. the stupid guy, the sort of Jack the Lad guy, and uh, the sort of normal the the uh, cursed romantic really is yeah. the other one. And they're all set up, so you've got the whole range of jokes, and there's some. Um, and obviously, some if you don't know, it is quite puerile, and it is is uh, you know, teenagers will love it more. But I think my parents wouldn't like it. No, mine. But there's some classic scenes where they properly go keep on pushing it to the funny. Uh, so it is like you. I mean, if you go out to a comedy, you laugh out loud, you know, fifteen, twenty times. That's a good comedy. So I recommend the in betweeners too uh, for a puerile, good feel good comedy. And I've, is that in cinemas at the moment? Because I've That's, seen it on I've seen it on really, buses. It's in cinemas at the moment. So um, hopefully there'll be um, British uh, revitalised British comedy. Who Are knows? you in the credits? Even though you you were cut, I don't know. I don't know. Because a friend of mine was not really in Prometheus, but she was still in the credits. Let me just look myself up on IMDb and see if I'm currently in uh, the uh, credits. Uh, it's very exciting for everyone. Oh, What's drum roll! Happening? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who likes reading? Who likes reading? Well, we all like reading, surely. But uh, me? Are you, are you getting at that? Is it me? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, it's me. Okay. Uh, well, we have an email here. It's it's only Martin Appleyard. I love Martin Appleyard. Yeah. Um, what what accent does Martin Appleyard have? Appleyard, like the American surname for orchard, isn't it? Appleyard. Yeah. Okay. Dear Merrick, David, and Chris Webb. Chris Webb is our is our dog. <laughs> he's one of our um, regular listeners who contributes, but he's been a bit quiet lately. Has been a bit quiet. I, I hope he's not dying. He listens to other podcasts and he okay. gets a bit smug about stuff. I think. <laughs> Is Marek's nemesis. I think he's all right. Uh, six Davids. Um, if read out, can I please have it in a retro, okay, yeah, yuppie voice from the nineties? Oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. Okay, go for it. Uh, okay, yep. 
As the uh, Hollywood gravy train keeps churning out the same superhero movie every couple of months with the same plot and no original ideas, just a different costume, I, like many others, am now more likely to select a foreign film to watch because I feel I am more likely to see something more creative and original. Okay, yep. With this in mind, my question is... Which country do you feel is currently producing the most creative and interesting film ideas? I predict Merrick will say France, blue is the warmest colour, and David will go for the Far East, maybe Indonesia, the raid. I would put a vote in for the Scandinavian countries such as Norway. I think Troll Hunter, for example, was a brilliantly original film. Thanks for the entertainment. I'll keep watching the films. And that's from Martin Appleyard. Nice one. Um, he's, he's, he's actually listened to more than one of our podcasts. He does. And he was trying to prove it as well with his references. Very um, good back reference there, yeah. Martin. Uh, tricky. I personally, cards on the table, don't think I've seen a, a broad enough scope of international films in order to say this is the territory that's really exciting me at the moment. You know, it would probably just be individual films. Uh, but I, you know, the trend of Scandinavian stuff being um, exported over here, I think, is quite exciting. But it has been mostly television. I think but things like Headhunters, Headhunters was fantastic, and Troll Hunter as well. All the Hunter films. Well, that's, well, that's that's my new thing. Hunter films. I said to you, like, I said before, all films with blue are um, yes. Now, any film mm. with the word hunt in it is good. Here's my new theory. Okay, let's test that. So I've got, well, here's ones I've watched recently. Okay. I recently watched one on Netflix, um, which I quite like. It's like a TV movie called The Hunted. Yeah. Which was, this is very good. On Netflix, it's about this guy who, a detective who returns to his old village uh, and all these elks start getting killed. I really enjoyed that. There was... The uh, Hunt, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen Hunt. Really good film. And even better, The Hunter with William Defoe, but him yeah. trying to find... Um, that was good. That was good. The uh, An almost extinct... Yeah, Tiger and also there is Troll Hunter and Headhunters. Hunt for Red October, yes, is a good film. There's got to be something, some terrible witch hunter film. I like Witch Hunter, the original. Witch I've hunter. not seen Witch. I didn't mean that specific film. But I'm just putting in Hunt to Snow White and the Huntsman. Not seen that's it. That's not really the Huntsman's. I don't know if it's, it's got to be Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is not strong. But hunt is genuinely okay. Just the word hunt is what is that your theory? It's That's your new theory. Blue or hunt? What about blue hunt? Is blue hunt any good? That sounds a bit like um, someone. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I would say Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is counted in your theory and is not a strong film. I've just looked up a I put Hunt into IMDb. Yeah. And there's one film I really want to see it came out in 2008, uh, Pig Hunt. Pig Hunt? It's uh, horror. It's got 4.8. Uh, when John takes his San Francisco friends to his deceased uncle's remote ranch to hunt wild pigs, it seems like a typical weekend. <laughs> Guys, weekend. Yeah, this, typical weekend. No, hang yeah. on. I read that wrong. This is the description of IMDb. <laughs> When John takes his San Francisco friends to his deceased uncle's remote ranch to hunt wild pigs, it seems like a typical guy's weekend with guns. Yeah, <laughs> typical. We've all had them. Despite the presence of John's sexy girlfriend, Brooks. But as John and his crew trek deep into the forest, they begin tracking the awful truth about his uncle's demise and legend of the Ripper, a murderous 3,000-year-old, 3,000-sorry-pound black boar. I want to see... Has anyone seen Pig Hunt? I want to know... <laughs> 
I wonder if it's really 4.8. Pig Hunt. Sounds good, doesn't it? And the budget was 6 million. That's a big budget for a pig movie. Big, I, I think that's probably the biggest pig movie. Call it Big Pig Hunt. Big Pig Hunt, they should have called it. What, name a bigger pig movie. Um, I can't think of any. I think Pig Hunt is the biggest pig movie that's ever been. Well, there's lots of questions that have come out of that. But we've, we've <laughs> sort of uh, gone away from, uh, from, the, from Martin's the question, question. Which, is which country. Well, I think the problem is, here's my synopsis of the whole thing, which is probably wrong. Because America dominates the, the film release, the mainstream releases, yes. in, order to, in order for uh, someone to compete with them, you have to have be, produce something a bit different. Mm. And I don't, I'd say France has produced the most interesting films, but I think it always has done that. It's not necessarily been a mod, it's not a new thing. And and we, the, it's hard to know because they will be producing films for their own market that we will never see. Yeah. That might be mediocre to terrible. Uh, but it's only the ones that really break out. People go, oh, that is special that they bother putting money behind to export to English-speaking countries. And there are some great indie American films at the moment. We've uh, like Blue Ruin. Yeah. Which I can bang on about. As well, I will watch it. Brilliant. And um, last year we um, we talked about uh, safety not guaranteed, the time traveling one, yeah, which is another film. low budget film. We really liked. What's the What's the British film industry like at the moment? There's There's the question. Have you seen many British films? I know a lot of basically American financed films are filming over here. Ever since Harry Potter, we've actually had a. I think what it is is we've um, got an enormous number of talented CGI people over here. So a lot of the big budget films are now shooting over here. Uh, weirdly, Guardians of the Galaxy, huge sprawling. You've probably seen the trailers. I know you've not seen the film, but we talked about it last week. Shot at Shepparton. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there, there's tax breaks, isn't there? Star Wars yeah. is being filmed over here. It's huge, but in terms of actually British films being made... There was a horror period, wasn't there? There's a few horror films. I mean, like Eden Lake came out there oh, about yeah. five or six years ago. And, and, things below and of Hammer Studios started up again with the um, Woman in Black, didn't they, with Daniel Radcliffe in it. And um, Yeah, I just I want to see more from us. I, just, I want to see more than just um, Richard, welcome to the punch and Richard Curtis is um, well he's done isn't he he's retired hasn't he I think bye <laughs> bye Richard so I think that's it we, we everywhere probably doesn't it's what we get to see and how we um, get to uh, yeah I'm going to the Isle of Wight Film Festival oh yeah well we'll be going when this is out so I'll, I'll try and see some stuff there so we can talk about that next week yeah I can talk, I'm only probably going for one day Okay, well, we can talk about you travelling there. Yeah, and I'll talk about coming back as well, if, yeah, I, if nice. I do make it back. Well, we might make it two-parter, depending on how much there is to talk about. We'll talk about coming back the week after. It sounds magical. <laughs> um, I've got another letter. Oh, yeah. Who's it from? It is from uh, Christine at Short Film Sunday. Oh, yes. Um, which is a good website for looking at um, short films. And also, we post occasionally post some short films on our Facebook page. Uh, there's a good uh, one I posted this vi- really violent British film that came out called Soft. Great. A few years ago, which you can see on our Facebook page, I thought was really um, quite traumatic. If um, anyone else was, has found a short film they thought was good and wants to post it on our Facebook page, please feel free. We, it, it shouldn't just be for us to post things on. Um, oh, am I reading this as well? Is it not your turn? I don't like reading so much. Do you not? Okay. Um, uh, right, what voice am I doing it in? Um, Do it in my voice. You don't want that. It's quite <laughs> a long email. We want the we want the listeners to understand. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Right, what was I doing before I changed to English with the previous one? American. I'll go there. Um, hope you're all well there. I keep starting emails and not sending them. Came across this early, this early chaplain the other day and thought I'd pass it on. It's public domain, so okay to share. From his early work with Mark Sennett, uh, one of the last before the Tramp character emerged. Well worth a look for sure. Uh, we should post that to the Facebook page. Yep. Also, with your request for old film, one uh, for old film, one of my all-time fave films ever is from 1946, William Wyler's Best Years of Our Lives. It's e- it'll either be newish to you or about to, um, or I'm about to overshare. But so good, it tends to be remembered for Harold Russell being the only person to ever win two Oscars for the same role, and he's great. But there's so much more. Post World War II America and vets returning home to see how it's changed. It's pretty brave in not being super. Jingoistic flag waving. There's a great bit with Hoagie Carmichael, if that's his name, but I don't want it to spoil it. There's some good techie details in this. Like the. There's another link. Like the naturalistic approach and deep focus photography. Tons of notable cast and crew. Cinematographer Greg Tolan. I'm particularly partial to Dana Andrews, and Myrna Lowe is pretty fantastic. It's got a bit of melodrama, but on the whole, ages pretty well. Genuinely in my all-time top five, for sure. Okay, uh, so the the best years of our lives, is that what was it called? The best years of our lives is what, uh, what we're talking about here. Um, anywho, there we are. I have another email I started earlier in the summer with some info about public domain, etc., and some places for legal watching. I'll clean it up a bit and get it out to you. It does ramble a bit. I know, shocker, that. uh, That'd be great. If we can find places to watch free movies, please do pass them on. Best you all at the Fringe. If a wee curly-haired lady named Abigail approaches you and talks about Comedy Biscuit, I do actually know her, okay? I've been and gone. I did not meet her. Still enjoy the podcast heaps, uh, heaps every single week, trying to think of a good casting challenge for you. Keep well. Let me know if you hear any good shorts doing students all of September, but I've got loads of spots open otherwise. Tar Christine. Yes, uh, Christine follows us on Twitter um, with uh, Short Film uh, Short Film Sunday. Is that right? Yeah. Short Film Sunday. Um, so if you would like her to uh, pass on your short films to other people, then do let her know. Thank you for your email, Christine. And we will have a look at best years of our lives. If it's in your top five, that's pretty cool. Um, what are you, are you going to talk about some uh, something else you see? Well, I've just um, uh, I've not gotten managed to get to the cinema this week. There was nothing that caught my eye. As I say, the in betweeners isn't really my cup of tea. But um, uh, so I made the terrible mistake of watching <laughs> watching something on Netflix instead. Netflix. I, Netflix! I always shout Netflix like that every time I see it. Why is that? Netflix. Netflix. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, I watched the remake of Carrie. Uh, oh yeah, with uh, what's her name? With um, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz uh, and uh, Julianne Moore's in it as well, Is and it? the lovely Gabriella Wilde, who uh, I interviewed for uh, Three Musketeers back in the day. Julianne um, Moore is always good, though, right? She's great. She's great. The thing I have to admit here, and it is a shameful thing, is I have not seen the original. <gasps> And so this is prob- this was probably just like watching a big spoiler, really. Oh, I know no. enough. It's a famous enough film that I probably, if pushed, could have told you everything that happens in the original Carrie anyway. That's a shame. Um, 
Uh, this is now... It's not a trend yet, because it's only two. I also haven't seen the original Psycho. What? But I have seen the remake of Psycho. They're two brilliant films. I know, you just I know. wasted them. I wasn't a fan of the horror genre when I was younger, the so psycho, there's a lot of gaps in my... Psycho's book. a thriller. Yeah. Not, it, it, Psycho's incredible. Yeah. I've seen it shot for shot, but with Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesh in it oh, now. Vince so Vaughan. I know, I know. Um, but this remake of Carrie is not strong at all it, it basically Why? I I know the period that the original carry comes from and I know how celebrated it is so I can sort of guess by watching this what it is probably doing worse than the original which is there is no subtle build up of a girl having a troubled time at school she pretty much scene two you, you are told she has telekinetic powers and it's a bit Post Harry Pottery witch coming to terms with her abilities. Um, in the in the original, I mean, Sissy Spacek is incredible. Yes, because she she just look. She's got that. She looks frail, and yet can look terrifying, almost yeah. alien, alienly terrifying. I've seen the photos of that, and it. I think that's exactly what the character needs. She needs to look like somebody who would get really bullied at school. Like mm. somebody who's strange and um, insular, and all right, mate. Chloe Grace Moretz isn't that. Yeah. Like she was brilliant as Hit Girl, but she is quite pretty. Like you, and she's got good hair, and you don't. I don't believe that she isn't part of the the in crowd. At Maybe she stinks or something. Maybe that's it. If they say, "Are you really?" That's it's... well. No one mentions it if she does. St- Actually, no. They they say. Carrie eats shit all the time, so maybe she's got stinky that breath. Would lead to it, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it's not a subtly done film. It's like all of these remakes. I saw the the remake of um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and identical in terms of there is n- this is just an idiot remaking a film they used to love. <laughs> That's basically it. I don't understand the Carrie remake because I think it. Especially when they get the casting, when the casting's so, it's almost an insult to Sissy Spacek. You think you can get someone to play that? That's the role she's famous. Well, it's, really it's famous. What for. didn't work in this film, and I found it really interesting, was at no point did I believe that this young girl I saw was a product of this weird, overbearing mother. She seemed like she'd been brought up by a completely normal family and had now just been plugged with this woman for a bit. Because she seemed, you know, self-confident, you know, uh, could talk back to her mum no problem without seeming like her world might collapse at any point. You know, it didn't It didn't really make sense. Julianne Moore was doing a brilliant job as this sort of hyper-religious, um, guilt-ridden sort of monster in her own right. But she's got that ghostly look to it. Julianne Moore Haunted has... Haunted look to it. Yeah, yeah, she's got Gaunt. that. Yeah, she's got that sort of otherworldly thing yeah. that it needs to be. Yeah, it's... I, d- I didn't believe it and I think that's it. the 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 storytelling and everything was just you know popcorn overly glossy over it's got the they all have that music video look to them these days yeah. you know where when the I mean, it's spoilers but anyone who doesn't know the famous scene from Carrie um you should turn off now um when she gets blood poured on her at prom it's poured so perfectly like it's sort of in a Beyonce video or something. Okay. So she looks amazing in it for the rest of what she's doing. 
and she turns into a sort of witch like rather than she is um rather than she's a high school girl who has been broken emotionally and uh the telekinesis is just a manifestation of her hurt mm. she turns into evil willow from buffy who okay. is just sort of like it's really pony what i think or another point i think is that the naivety of even when we were younger the youth don't have that same naivety at an early age so like yeah. these 17 18 year olds the proms you know yeah. they don't they don't have that that innocence isn't there because of the internet because of the communication because well of the they've added they the internet into this because to make it more up to date so with the bullying of Carrie that happens at the beginning of the film is is now put on YouTube to add to her humiliation and stuff but you're right it makes it all the more this isn't an insular, isolated community where you can really destroy and that, somebody. And, and, that, and Carrie does feel insular, isolated. And she, oh, she, it's all linked in with her going through her period and yes. becoming a woman. Yes. And also that sort of... I remember back then you would have that... You, you know, about sex wasn't wasn't the material to get hold yes. of and find out about it. More, if your parents didn't tell you about it, yeah, it w- would seem like an alien, which seems crazy now. Like a kid can go on the internet and go, "What is this? What is that?" and yeah. find out. Because then there was no, how would you find out? About well, exactly. It? It's supposed to be, you know, it's this. It's because she's. It's suggesting is she's been homeschooled until recently, so she's supposed to be completely okay. alien and other. And Chloe Grace Moretz doesn't come across as that, like. What I found strange was, I think if somebody had been brought up in a really sort of disciplined and strange household, they would have an odd sort of maturity. Not a literal maturity, but something in the eyes and the posture that wasn't like kids. You know, wouldn't have that playfulness that kids have. And uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is only now 17, and this Mm. film came out a year ago or so. Um, And the other... The other actresses who play her schoolmates are all in their mid twenties, so she is considerably younger and has less life experience to bring to this crippled character, mm. you know, than the other people do that she's acting next to. So it's a very odd choice. I mean, I think she's fantastic as Hit Girl, and I think she's too young to be portraying these sort of figures at the moment. She doesn't have the life experience to be that interesting yet. Yeah, you know. Um, Oh dear! It's oh, it's nothing dear. against her. It's just her age. That's all I'm saying. You know, she may well you know pull it out of the bag. I just since since Hit Girl, I haven't seen her do anything else particularly fun. Like she was in Dark Shadows, which I absolutely hate. So that doesn't that doesn't help. But yeah. Um, um well, the moral of the story is never ever ever go and watch a remake before you watch the original well I now feel if I if one more happens then I'm just going to have to collect them as sort you have of thing. to watch Psycho and Carrie yeah I know I know I do um, have you seen the TV uh, version of The Shining that Stephen King prefers to the Kubrick one? Oh, I think I saw a tiny bit it's of it it's terrible terrible I follow Stephen King on Twitter how really is he? put me off him really I started reading one of his books his latest book uh, Mr Mercedes or something Terrible. <laughs> Stop reading it. I've he never read be... one of his books, but I'm. I'm people He's very say erect. they're some very good. Some of them good. are brilliant, and some of them are awful. Actually, no. I read one of his. Um, uh, I was going to say James Barkman, but that's not it. Uh, Richard Barkman. Oh, the Running Man. Book. I've read the Running Man. Yeah. Yeah, the Long Walk's a really good one. Anyway, that's books. It's not about books. Um, well, that's about that's about our time, isn't it? I think we've done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey guys, keep watching the films. And 
you stay safe, yeah? Bye. Bye. <laughs>